This is Good Morning Subis Daf Nun Aleph, and today's year has been generously sponsored by a close friend of the Daf as a schos shidoch for Rivarisha Bas Advaira Mirzashem. The learning the entire Chabura should bring Rivarisha Bas Advaira a quick and easy shidoch hagoin bekaraiv. The schos Ataira should aid in her finding her Bashar. It's very quickly. We pick it up for the Gemara Nunam Ibiz. We're five lines from the bottom, which the Gemara says, Ahuda Asalikamedir of Yaisif. There was someone that came in front of Rav Yosef again, continuing the theme that we learned yesterday. This is a Yisayma. This is a girl that comes to Rav Yosef and she wants support. She wants money. She wants food. Amr Lahu, Rav Yosef says, Tamri Says Rav Yosef, go give her from the Tamri, from the dates that are on the mats. Seemingly corroborating with that which we saw yesterday in the opinion, they're able to give them from Metaltlin. You're able to pay this girl for the movable items. He's saying that you can give her the dates. That is how she will feed herself. Let's say she was a Valchayv. Let's say someone owed money. Ki in such a scenario. You don't give metaltalin. Would you, you never obligate metaltalin to pay, even for a real balchayv, a real creditor. So why in this case are we saying that this girl is able to collect from the dates a similar question that was mimicked yesterday numerous times? So Amrle Abayi respond, no, that's not what I meant. What I meant is that which is fit. For the mats, meaning it's not on the mat yet. It's about to be come off the tree. That is the item that I said that you should feed her with. Meaning, Abaya is saying you should give her support from the karka, from the dates that are on the trees. Ask the Gemara one second. Ask the Gemara, but we know that there's a halachi concept <coughs> that anything. <coughs> Excuse me. Anything that's about to be cut off has the status of being cut off. So if these dates are about to fall or about to be cut off, they should be viewed halachically as if they're ready off the tree, as if they're ready to fall off, and therefore they share the status of the Taltalin. And says Gemara, no. They still need the palm tree. So they have the regular status of karka, the regular status of land. And that is the reason why Abaye wanted to utilize these items to support this girl. And we continue with a similar story, two lines down, and Aleph, and Aleph, there was a Yasaim, and a Yasaim that came in front of Rava, Amrlu, Rava, Rava said to them, said Rava, give the Yasaim, give the boy, extra food, and he will utilize that, to feed his sister, to feed the girl. Ask the Gemara, I'm really Rabban and the Rabban and Zelu Rava. But Maru Damar, but you Rava hold me makarkoi, blame me totally. You hold that when it comes to supporting a Yisayma, you only give from karka. You do not give from movable items. So what is the for what? Being the Mezayni, being the Ksuba, being the Barnasa. For any of these items, you do not give from a Daltalin. So why are you all of a sudden Rava saying to give the boy extra and he'll feed his sister? Said Rav, if this boy wanted a shivcha, if this boy wanted a meat servant to help him around the house, would we not give him extra food to give for the meat? Of course we would. 
So Koshki Nacha Dikatariti Sotu over here, we give the boy extra as his sister is going to help out with the housework the Rishayim explained. Sister is going to help out around the house. Therefore, she's certainly no less than a regular maidservant. We continue eight lines down, the two dots. Before we continue, I forgot a quick apology for the audio issues in the previous day's Shirim. I believe yesterday's Shir, the audio was better. It's still not perfect as we're in transit. Our full studio is not set up. But I hope today should as well have good quality audio. And soon enough, we'll be back to our full setup and we'll be back to our excellent quality audio. But let's continue with the two dots, about ten lines down. Tanu Rabbanan says the Gemara, Whether we have properties that have a chayis, meaning that you have security upon them, or whether you have properties without a chayis, which of course refers to metaltlin. Rabbi is of the opinion, you use these items for the support you use these items not only to use the karka, but you also use the metaltalin for the muzzling, for the sustenance of the wife and the daughters. If you have karka, you have land, land that has security, then what do you do with such land? Such land, what you do with it is you take it away from the sons, for the daughters, and you take it from the older daughters for the younger daughters, and similarly for the older sons, for the younger sons, and similarly, and similarly when there's an excess of properties for, from the daughters to the sons, here are the critical words of Shimon when there are minimal amounts of properties, then we do not take from the daughters for the inheritance of the sons. If it's movable property. But you do not give the karka, excuse me, do not give the metaltalin, the non-karka, for the sons, for our, from the sons, for the daughters. So we see from here that when it comes to the metaltalin, we do not take away from the boys and give to the girls. So what do we see? We see similar to what we've been saying all day, that when it comes to feeding the daughters, we do not use the metaltalin. We do not use the movable properties. Explains the Gemara, even though we generally paschal like Rabbi, over here we paschal like Rav Shimon Alazar, who does make a difference between Karka and Metaltalin. Why? And this really wraps up the discussion which began yesterday. Says the Gemara that what is the Halacha? The halacha is that you give from karka, not from metaltalin, being the ksuba, being the mezaini, being the parnasa, clearly proving this point that the metaltalin is not used for support, for payment of any of these items. And we continue with the Mishnah. The Mishnah discussing different parts of the ksuba, midirabanan, and their obligations of them. 
says that the Mishnah loy kasev like suba sula. Excuse me, loy kasev like suba. And this really brings us all the way back to the beginning of the Mesechta, teaching us the basic amount of every suba, regardless of that which is written. So it says the Mishnah loy kasev like suba. Let's say one did not write a suba at all. Basula gavam asayim v'almana mana. A Vesula, a virgin, a woman who never had relations, always gets a 200 Zuz, Xuba, and Almana gets 100. And they shoot tonight, Bazdin, because such is a stipulation, a condition of the courts. Kosla, Sada, Shave, Mana, Tachas, Masayim, Zuz. Let's say that the husband wrote, here's a field that's worth only 100 in exchange of giving her 200. And he did not write that the rest of my properties are encumbered to your Ksuba. And he's trying to get away with only giving you 100 and not 200. What's the halacha? Chayiv. He's still obligated to give her the full 200. Zoshu, tonight, Bezdin again, because that is a stipulation of Bezdin. Let's say he did not write to her, if you were captured, I will ransom you. And I'll return you back to me as a wife. Or, in the case of Kayanis, I will return you to your city because he won't be able to marry her, but at least he has to ransom her to bring her back home. Still, he is obligated to ransom her. Why? The second Tanai And thirdly, Nishmis Chayiv Lefadaisa. And actually, not thirdly, really continuing the second Halacha. If she's indeed captured, he's obligated to redeem her. And if he says, if he tells her, here's your cat, here's your ksuba, and use the money to redeem and ransom yourself, he is not permitted, he cannot exempt himself from ransoming her. If she is sick, he has to heal her. But when it comes to her being sick, if he says, here's your cat, here's your ksuba, and utilize it to heal yourself, says the Mishnah, then he is allowed to do such Rashai. So says the Gemara, in classical Gemara form, who is the Tana of the Mishnah? Mani. Who is the Mishnah on the first wide line? Rameir, suggests the Gemara, is the opinion of Rameir, the Amar, Kol If one tries to give his wife, who's a Basula less than 200, if he tries to give his wife, who is a Ba'ula less than 100, it does not work, and it's considered as if it is a Bilaznos, the marriage is not binding, it is a Bilaznos. So seemingly that's just like the din of the Mishnah, that there's an obligation of 200 and 100, regardless of that which someone says. And explains the Gemara further, the Rav Yehuda, because if you would tell me, at the Mishnah's opinion of Rav Yehuda, Amar, he says, one is allowed to write, here's a 200 Zuz Ksuba, and she writes back, I've already accepted 100, or, or he can write to Amana, here's 100 Zuz Ksuba, and she says, it's as if I accepted 50. So we see the Rav Yehuda does allow one to wiggle away from his obligation of 200 and 100. Clearly, not like our Mishnah. So says the Gemara, who is the town of our Mishnah? Seemingly, it is Rameir. But continues the Gemara, four lines from the bottom of the Ahmed. Ema Seifa, what does the end of our Mishnah say? Someone writes her a field and says, this field, which is really only worth 100, should be in exchange of a field worth of your Ksuba of 200. 
and he does not write everything is encumbered to you. What was that halacha chayiv? He still obligated to give her the full two hundred. Why? Shutanai bezdin. Says the Gemara that clause ends the Mishnah is a son of Rav Yehuda. That seemingly is going like Rav Yehuda. Why is that like Rav Yehuda? Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion that if one does not write the Chrayis, if one does not write, if one does not write that all his fields are guaranteed for the item, it's a mistake by the cipher, meaning it's automatically binding even without writing it. So seemingly then to the Mishnah, it's like Rabbi Yehuda. Why? Because our mayor disagrees with that point. Dear mayor, our mayor holds, Amar Chrayis Lavta Yisaifru. Rameir holds, then no. If one does not write a chrais, if one does not write a guarantee, if one does not encumber his properties, then they're not, then they're not considered security on the item. So seemingly then the Mishnah does not go with Rameir. And obviously the question of the Gemara is, that the beginning of the Mishnah is like Rameir, and the end is like Rav Yehuda. But now we just prove the second detail, this machlek is Rameir Rav Yehuda with regard to, if one forgets to write, the chrais. On the last line, the Tanah, we learned to the Mishnah, Moshah Shtitri Chayf, Someone finds a loan document turning over to and then be Aleph Amavis. If in this loan document there is a Chrais Nechasim, Lo Yachsir. If it says in there that there's a Chrais, that there's a security, one should not return the document to the lender. Why not? Shabazdin of Rhineman. Because Bezdin utilizes such a document to collect money. And we don't necessarily know. Maybe it was already paid. But in Ben Machayis the Chasim, let's see there was no Achayis here in the Shtar. Then Yachzer, then he could yes return it. Why? Shein Bezdin Nefrayim Mem, because Bezdin does not utilize such a document as pain. Dev Rei Rabbi Meir. So we see clearly Rabbi Meir holds that if someone does not write Achayis, we view it as if there is no Achayis. But Vachachamim Ayim Rei Mechazel Vachazel Lo Yachzer. Neither one you should return to Bezdin Nefrayim Mehem. So now we see, and the Gemara articulates the question. Five lines down on an alpha mevis, Reisha, Rameir, Vesever, Rav Yehuda. The first part of the Mishnah was clearly Rav Yehuda. But now the second part of the Mishnah, when he doesn't write a chrayis, is seemingly like Rameir. Suggests the Gemara, Vechitim, Akula, Rameiri. And maybe he'll tell me that Mishnah is Rameir. Vesheim, he led the Rameir, Vengsuva, Lishtari. And maybe Rameir will differentiate between Iksuba and Ashtar. That in this Mishnah that he said, if you don't write a chrayis, there is no a chrayis. That's why Ashtar. But maybe Aksuba is different. But says the Gemara, Mishani Lei. But is there indeed such a difference? Vatanya. But we learned in Abraisa, Chamisha Gavim Minha Hamechayrarin. Five creditors are able to collect only from that which was not sold. They cannot collect from properties which were sold that are indebted. Veilohein, who are these five people? Peiraiz, Ushvach, Leiraiz, and Makabal of Lazanes Ben Ishta, Yubas Ishta, Viget, Chayv. And what's the final one? So we see clearly that according to our mayor is viewed as if there is no Achrayis. So we see clearly that our mayor does not differentiate between the din of Aksuba and the regular star, that even by Aksuba our mayor holds, if you did not read Achrayis, there is no Achrayis and it's you're not able to collect from sold fields. You can only collect from unsold properties. So the Gemara is back to the problem that who is the Tana of the Mishnah? Seemingly the first part of the Mishnah is Rabbi Yehuda. And the latter part of the Mishnah is Rameir. Answers the Gemara, Yibayisim or Rameir, Yibayisim or Rabbi Yehuda. We can reconcile it with either Rameir or Rabbi Yehuda's opinions. Yibayisim or Rabbi Yehuda, Yibayisim or Rabbi Yehuda, Yibayisim or Rabbi Yehuda, Yibayisim or Rabbi Yehuda, 
Either I can tell you, Jeff Yuda, and in the Mishnah on Nundalid, she said explicitly, I have received the payment. And that's why Rav Yudah said, we view it as if she received it. Whereas in our Mishnah, if she did not write it, she just said, yeah, it's okay, it's as if I got a hundred zos. That's not enough. And that's when the Mishnah said, they have to pay the full 200. But not that it's inherent that a woman can never waive her right. Really, Rav Yudah, the old woman could, yes, waive her right, as long as it's written. What does it mean? Now when the Mishnah said that your Chayev, all it meant, it did not mean that your Chayev and you're able to collect from properties that are sold. Rather, it just meant that your Chayev and you're able to collect from unsold properties. We continue about 15 lines down, the two dots in which the Gemara quotes the Mishnah that says, If he does not write, then I'm going to ransom you, I'm going to redeem you, he's still obligated to do this. Seven lines from the white line says, The father of Shmuel, A woman, a regular Yisrael, she is forced to have relations, she is raped, Asura Lebailo. She's not able to go back to her husband. Why not? We generally know that Allah, we've seen many times this Masechta, that forceful relations do not forbid one to their husband unless he is a Kayin. But a non-Kayin is allowed to live with his wife even after she's forced to have relations. So why does Abu Adishmuel say, Asura explains the Gemara, We're afraid. Maybe the beginning of the act was with coercion and they forced her to have relations, but maybe at the end, she consented. So I asked the Gemara one second, It says in our Mishnah, that if you're captured, I'm going to redeem you and return to you as my, into, as my wife. So what do we see clearly in the Mishnah that after he redeems her from captors, he's allowed to stay with his wife. Clearly we see that when the captors violated her, we do not assume that it was willing. Ishtik, the father of Shmuel, was quiet. Kari Rav Alei Davud Shmuel, Rav said about the father of Shmuel, Ministers withhold their words and place their hands in their mouth. Meaning, the Gemara is saying that really the father of Shmuel had without which to answer. And Rav was commenting how he bit his tongue, how he did not answer him. Says the Gemara, what could he have answered? Seemingly it's a good question. Explains the Gemara, no, he could have answered that Shvua is different. Because in the case of Shvua, in the case of a captor, the reason maybe we allow her to go back to her husband is because we did not see her be violated. We suspect that every time they capture a woman, they violate her. But we do not see the act. So maybe that's the reason why we are more lenient. Ask the Gemara, okay, good answer. But ask the Gemara the question that we began with. We know, we've learned all over this Mesech, that any time there's an act of Aines, the halacha is, you're yes allowed to stay married. So what is that case of Aines? What is that case of forceful relations? That you're allowed to stay married if the father of Shmuel is teaching us, we're always suspectful that at the end of the day she might consent. Answers the Gemara in the first white line, the case is in which Adim heard she was screaming from the beginning into the end, and therefore we clearly know that she did not consent. When did the father of Shmuel say that she is not allowed to go back to her husband? When we are concerned that maybe halfway through the act she consented. But if we hear her screaming the whole time, then we know that is not the case. 
And says the Gemara, this opinion of the father of Shmuel, Pliga de Rava, argues with Rava, Dama Rava, Koshat Chilasai, Ba'ines Visaif, Beratain. Any time you have an act that began as coercion and ends with consent, I feel Even if at the end of the day she yells, Leave me alone, leave him alone. Shell Malelo Nizakik Law, he's a Chartai. She says, even if he didn't force me, I would have hired him. I want to stay with this man. Still, says Ravo Mutares, still she's allowed to go back to her husband. Why? Seemingly, this is a clear case that it's not coercion, that she's agreeing to this terrible act. My time says the Gemara in the fourth white line, you know why? Yetzer Albasha. It's her Yetzer Hara. That which pulled her over. Meaning, once she began the act, once this man forced her into this act, then she began, and once she was in the middle, she had this uncontrollable desire to continue. But Rav is explaining that is not called Ratzin. Ratzin is when one willingly has relations while they are married. But if this woman was forced into an act and she just agreed at the end, says Rav, that's not called willing relations, she's still allowed to go back to her husband. And she was not forced. Asura, she is forbidden to her husband. And there's another case. Even though she is not forced. And what is this case? In which she's not forced. And she's still allowed to go back to her husband. Clearly proving the point of Rava. Any time. The act begins. Ba'ines. Even if it ends by Ratzayin, she's still allowed to go back to her husband. Says the Gemara, once we're darshaning these Pesukim, Tanya, Edoch, we have another Raisa that learns, Vila Nitzbasa, she was not forced, Asura, Nitzbasa, if she was, yes, forced, Mutaris. What is this case of a woman who is forced and she's still forbidden to her husband? We've learned this already. So Aisha is Kayin, this is the wife of a Kayin, that's not allowed to go back home. Even if it was forceful relations, a Kayin is never allowed to be back with that wife. Third way of learning the Basik, Asura. If she's forced, Mutaris, Ishakaris, Avabibshan, Nitzvasa, Mutaris, Vizazu, what's his case? Shekedusha, Kedusha, Itai, it's a case in which the Kedushim was a mistake. Shafilu, Banamur, Kavalk, Seifa. Even if she has a child riding in her shoulders, she's always able to walk out of the marriage. And they explain this, referring to a case in which she got married, Al Tanai. As Rashi in the first white line explains, and the husband did not fulfill the Tanai, then even if she has a child, she's allowed to walk out of that married marriage. Let's just finish up today's daf with Omar of Yehuda, says of Yehuda, Ani Nashi, these women, they ganvu ganvi, that are kidnapped, Sharyon, the Govrai, who are still permitted to their husbands. Omar, uh, excuse me, Ani Nashi, the ganvu ganvi, Sharyon, the Govrai. I'm really Rabban of the Rav Yehuda. Ten lines in the bottom. First one line is lay. Says the Gemara Namu. But we see that these women are giving their captors bread. It seems that they're willingly staying with them. So why are we saying they let it go back to their husband? It seems that they're living with them willingly. Answers the Gemara Machmasira. No, just because they're afraid of their captors. But we see that they're giving them arrows, helping them fight. Again, Machmasir, they're afraid. But says the Gemara, if the banders allow the woman to go back home and they choose not to leave, then they are indeed also to their husband because that is indeed an act of Ratzayim. And we conclude today's share with Tanara Abana and Shavuye Malchus Genuvi. Says the Gemara, someone who's captured by the king is like a regular captivity and is allowed to go back to their husband. 
But women who are kidnapped are not like regular captives and are forbidden from their husbands. Says a moment ago, we learned the opposite. Malch explains the Gemara five lines to the bottom. Malchus al Malchus like Hasha. When it's a case of Malchus they know that they're never going to stay married to the king, and therefore, any time that they sleep with the king, it's under duress, it's Ba'ines, and therefore she's always muttered to her husband. But when it's a Malchus of then the captor of this woman might think, wait, maybe I'll be able to get married to the king, and therefore she does it willingly. And similarly, listen, my list is Lokashav and Benetzar, ah, but list is Alma. One is a bandit like Benetzar. Again, he's a chash of a guy. So one might hope to marry him, but regular bandits, one would never hope to marry him. It says the Gemara, Benetzar, Hasam Karle Melech, Karle list him. What's going on? Is he a king or is he a robber? Says the Gemara in Kaviachashveirosh listim who Kavilisim the Alma Melchu. He's somewhere in between. He's not as chashiv as Achashveirosh, but he's more chashiv than a regular robber. We'll pick it up from the next Gemara in the next year. Visiyat Dishmaya.